Welcome to GC Live in the speaking engagements of apologist, trainer, and pastor, Travis Marshall. We hope that you will be challenged by what you hear. Take a fresh look at the world around you and experience the God who loves you. Let's join Travis as he speaks to a live audience. I love it when uh, I get to have a conversation with people and, and one of the uh, questions I get asked the most is whenever you're studying the Bible, how do you study it? How is it that you pull what it is you pull from Scripture? And there's there's many ways that you can do this, and we're going to just examine one way today. And what I like to call it, uh, just very simple, simple, in uh, just regular terms, it is a topical study. It's a topical study. There's there's a way to learn Scripture where it's uh, line upon line, where you're just reading uh, through the Scripture. And, uh, you know, like when you read from cover to cover, so to speak. And then there's sometimes where you just take a word and you uh, just examine. Maybe, you know, back in the old days, we would pull out our, our concordance that was about this high. It was about that thick. And you would just find every place in Scripture where that word is mentioned. And you just begin to start pulling from there and, and unpacking and, and figuring out how that word uh, operates within that, within that narrative or within that story, within that... Uh, uh, within that passage, whatever it may have been, what principles you can pull from it. So I, I love that, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, what would be just an awesome, awesome thing that, that interests me and I think would interest and bring value to everybody? And so I thought about, man, you know, as we're doing this, we're going to be doing this from Genesis to Revelation, not, not every single book, by the way, so relax. Well, I'll have you out of here on time. Um, but I thought, you know, we're talking about the whole, <laughs> some of y'all got nervous on that one. Yes, I'll make sure you're out of here on time. In the beginning, we're going to start there, right? We'll go to the last amen. No, I'm kidding. So I started to think about the whole counsel of God. And then I thought, man, how awesome would it be to actually look through Scripture everywhere where it mentions the word whole and see what kind of nuggets we can pull from this. And I, I like to refer, whenever we do these topical studies, these are nuggets of awesomeness. Every time you, you pull one of these little uh, passages out, every one of them could preach its own. Some of them can preach their own series, and definitely each one of them could preach their own message. Um, so I, I want to challenge you if, you, if you're quick on the draw, maybe you can write down the reference and look at it later. If you're interested in seeing where I got these, I'm going to give you one cue or a couple of them. If you want to see me afterwards and ask about my notes, I'll give you those. But the easiest way to do this, thank God for 2015. Thank God for laptops and smartphones. You can go, I actually used Bible Gateway. If y'all haven't heard of that, it's BibleGateway.com. And I literally typed in whole, W-H-O-L-E. And then I did it just through the ESV. And it pulled up, get this, 285 times whole is mentioned. I think it's important to God that we're whole. Amen? So we're not going to go through all 285, okay? We're going to go through what we can, and we're going to just have some fun along the way. Is that all right with everybody? Yeah? Okay. For the four of y'all, y'all going to track with me the whole time, right? Help me out. All right, so the first one I want to go to is just, it's in Acts 20, 27. It's where I'm just kind of getting my, my whole point for the night. It's, it's where we're told and we're, uh, we're seeing scripture where it talks about, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. And this is, uh, if I remember correctly, this is Paul speaking to the Ephesians before he goes on to what would be uh, his imprisonment and then a couple of years later, uh, his own death and beheading. And so 
what I love about it is he says, look, my, the, the blood from my hands, it's free. I, I, I'm, I'm good because I did everything I could to bring to you the whole counsel of God. He, essentially, in our 2014, 15 vernacular, it's, we left it all on the field. Everybody familiar with that phrase? We left it all on the field. We left nothing uh, wanting. And so he did everything that he could with every church that he planted, and, and that being the, the group at Ephesus. So Acts 20, 27 is where, we get, where we're getting our title from, where we're declaring the whole counsel of God. So again, as I mentioned, it's, it's just through the ESV. That's the English Standard Version. You can go in a lot of different directions, but it's mentioned 285 times throughout Scripture. And I'm going to go ahead and just start. It's in 1 Chronicles 28 and 9. Again, you can write these down um, or, or whatever works for you. Or if you're, if, you're flip on, if, you're, if you're quick with the low tech, if you're fast with the high tech, you can follow along. So 1 Chronicles 28 9, this is David talking to his son Solomon. And you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole. Everybody say whole. Serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind, for the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. And I'm just going to stop there. Uh, we know there's going to be some where there's, a, where, there's a, uh, where there's an antithetical challenge or where there's a, maybe a negative spin. I'm going to stay in the positive because I think if we could just focus on what we need to do, we don't have to worry about the things that we don't need to do. Does that make sense? And that's there if you want to do your own study, and that's fine. I just I only have a short amount of time, right? So what I want you to catch as we go through these different passages, there's a lot of if-then factor when it comes to wholeness. Makes sense, right? If you want to be whole, if you want to be whole, then such and such. Do, you know, fill in the blank. You've got to do this. You're going to see somewhere the whole is in the promise. You're going to see somewhere the whole is in the challenge uh, being issued to mankind and from God. Um, you're going to see a lot of cause and effect when it comes to wholeness. And I think we see this in our lives. Whenever we're not feeling whole, we see a lot of bad effect. We see a lot of negative effect in our life. But when we are in those seasons and we're close to God and we, we can feel his presence, we feel this wholeness. And there's great effect. It seems to spill over into every area of our life. So again, we come back to where David's talking to Solomon. He says that if you serve him with a whole heart and with a willing, with a willing mind, and the reason why is because the Lord searches all the hearts and understands every plan and thought you can't Trick God is what David is telling his son. You can't trick him. But he says this, if you do those things, a whole heart, a willing mind, if you seek him, you'll find him. You'll find him. He'll be found by you. That's a promise. That's powerful. How many things have you chased after in life that never showed up? It never happened. It never occurred. How many um, maybe a boyfriend, girlfriend, previous ones that you chased after, right? And, <laughs> I love it, Maria. And it's, it, sometimes, it ends up, sometimes it ends up badly. There's nobody that can satisfy you like Jesus. Amen? And so the thing is, if you seek him, he will be found by you. So we'll move a little bit further. This is 2 Chronicles 15, 15. I'm gonna like, I, I like this one. I like them all. I'll probably say that about each one. And all Judah rejoiced over the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and had sought, and had sought him with their whole desire. Everybody say whole. With their whole desire. And he was found by them. And the Lord gave them rest all around. So what I want to pull out is just a, a couple of things there. That first line, and all 
Judah rejoiced over the oath. Maybe if we can rephrase this in a way where it makes a little bit more sense and it gives us a little bit more punch, y'all know that Judah stands for praise, yes? And whenever we talk about oath, that's a promise. So it says, and, and all praise rejoiced over the promise. How about that? And all praise rejoiced over the promise. Praise is always going uh, to precede or preclude that promise. For they had sworn with all their heart, they had sought him with their whole desire, with their whole desire, everything. Think about the desire and everything that makes up what, what, uh, what makes up your desires, you know, it says, uh, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I think we have another passage that we'll, we'll, we'll catch on there a little bit later. But what you really desire is what you go after with everything. Think about it. Think about it. Sometimes we say that we want and we desire strongly these things, yet we're distracted and detracted and we're taken away and discouraged from them and we do other things from the things that we truly desire. But this is talking about a whole, a complete desire. And he was found by them. It goes back to that promise from the previous book in uh, First Chronicles. God was found by them. And what happened? And what happened? Because they, because they praised, rejoiced over the promise, because they had sworn with all their heart, because they sought them with their whole desire, he was found by them. And God did this. He gave them rest all around. That's the if-then factor. That's huge. That's huge when it comes to cause and effect. When we do all those things, there's, there's that if-then promise. And God's saying, look, when you do all these things, I'll give you rest all around. How many of you would love to have rest all around? Amen? Yeah. So my challenge is to you is where are you at on what precludes, on what comes before that rest? Where are you at on those things? That's between you and God. But search your heart. Rather, ask God to search your heart in those matters. So that's 2 Chronicles 15, 15. So we'll move on to 2 Chronicles 16, 9. I love this. I love this. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole. Everybody say whole. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless towards them. That means he's ready to go before you. He wants to be that Yahweh Nisi banner that goes above and in front of you, into every, into every battle, into everything going on. He wants to give you strong support. God's Spirit goes throughout the whole earth. Like right now, God's Spirit is going throughout this whole earth looking for those whose heart is pure, whose heart is complete. That doesn't mean they're perfect in and of themselves. Please understand we're perfect through Christ, yes. But if our hearts are complete, if we, if we have our whole desire in God and will be found by Him, and then what will happen is he'll give us strong support. So we're seeing how this builds. We're going to receive rest all around us. And now we're going, we're going to also receive strong support. We're going to receive strong, receive strong support from God. We can move on to Nehemiah. This is chapter 4, verses 16 through 17. And this is when they're rebuilding the wall. Again, I encourage you to, to study the broader context of each one of these passages if you get a chance. But it says, from that day on, half of my servants worked on construction, and half held the had, and, uh, <laughs> and half held the spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. And the leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah, who were building on the wall. And those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other. So leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah. Everybody say whole. 
So there's something powerful that happens when leadership stands behind the praise. Amen? There's something so powerful when leadership stands behind praise. And, and I, I just, I, I, I can't, I'm just amazed at this. I, I just did a very quick study of these passages today, and the things that come from them are just so powerful when we consider these and when we think about how we can apply these to our lives. But So they were, uh, the leadership was behind the whole house of praise, and they were building on the wall. So when the leadership stands behind the praise, things get built. Amen? Things, the right walls go up. And those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other. That talks about the equipping of the saints, right? You, ha you have a trowel with you, and you're, you're putting up the wall. You're putting up the brick and mortar. You're able to build in your own life. It's not just the building up of the church as far as the building itself. It's the building up of the church on the individual level as well. And then what happens is you're also equipped when we're standing behind the whole house of praise, each individual is now equipped to build on their own, build with each other, and then to, de to defend. Because again, what happens? The eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth so that he might show himself a strong support. So God becomes your strong support in that way. And so we labor together. So that was Nehemiah 4, 16 through 17. The next one is Psalm 119, 2 through 3. Do you know how much I'd love to just spend the next 30 minutes on each one of these? Are these awesome passages or what? I mean, God's word is so, so amazing. Okay, so Psalms 119, 2 through 3. And we got a couple in Psalms 119. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. Everybody say whole who seek him with the whole heart and who also do no wrong but walk in his way. So the thing is, we keep his testimonies. That can be interpreted and, and applied in a few different ways. When, when we apply his testimonies, when we, when we are uh, keeping his testimonies, we're, keeping, we're overcoming the beast by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony, yes? Do you see how these things tie together? It's the whole counsel of God. So we keep his testimonies. We overcome the, the, the next challenges in our life because we're keeping these testimonies, these trophies of yesterday. We keep them on our, on, our, on our trophy shelf of what God has done for us, through us, and by us. But when we seek him with our whole heart, what happens? When we seek him with our whole heart, it says, who also do no wrong but walk in his ways. If we seek him with our whole heart, you're not going to stumble as much. If your heart is really after him, yeah, you'll stumble. You're flesh. Don't get me wrong. But you won't do it near as much. How many of y'all are tired of being repeat offenders against God's law and against, and against the, the witness of the Holy Spirit in your life? I know I am. When we search him with our whole heart, though, it becomes, it becomes a lot quicker that, that, that you know, when we trip, it's a, it's a lot easier to get up, Right? And we can dust ourselves off a lot quicker. And he washes our feet so we can continue on the path. It's just it's an amazing thing when we seek him with our whole heart. We'll go on to Psalm 119, uh, 10. With my whole heart I seek you and let me not wander from your commandments. How often have you found yourself wandering astray? And the reason why is because we're not seeking him with our whole heart, Right? 
We, we wonder, it's, it's, it's like we, you know, and it's not necessarily anything we intend to do. The trials of life, things happen, and, you know, we see God down there, and then, you know, but such and such is on Netflix, and we're like, oh, okay, I'm going to check that out. And then we're like, well, okay, so-and-so is doing such and such, and we're like, okay, I'll go check that out. I'm not even talking about immoral stuff, okay? Everybody, this is like the okay stuff. I'm just talking about distraction. And so what happens is, and then we say, oh, man, you know, I could pray, but, man, I, I really, I'm tired. I'd like to sleep another 30 minutes. And we're kind of like over here, and then we've wandered off. And God's saying, come back. And he's saying, seek me with your whole heart. I'm right here. I never moved. So when we seek him with our whole heart, the wandering, and, man, I'm going to tell you, there's something about wandering with good intentions that can put you in some bad places, in some bad spots. If anything, financially. Amen? All right. Whew, wish I could spend some time on that. All right, Psalm 119, 34. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. There's something about that whole heart attitude that it keeps us from wandering. It helps us remember his testimonies. And then it gives us understanding. What does it say somewhere else in Scripture that my people perish for lack of knowledge? Yes. But when we seek him with our whole heart, he gives us understanding. He gives us a, a surpassing knowledge, if you remember that reference in Scripture. So, again, give me understanding. We can only get that through, through having a, our whole heart towards him. So that was Psalm 119, 34. We'll go to Ecclesiastes 12, 13, for those of you who I see taking notes. Ecclesiastes 12, 13, the end of the matter, all has been heard. This is like at the end, Ecclesiastes um, you might as well just, well, no, I'm not, what I was going to say was you might as well just skip to this part because Ecclesiastes can really mess you up if you don't read it in the right, uh, from the right context. Uh, Job will do the same if you don't make it quite through the 30s, uh, the chapter 30s. Uh, it, it's pretty dark until, until the end. So I love this where Solomon gets to the end of the matter. He said, this is the end of the matter. All has been heard. Pretty simple. This is what he ended up with after, after doing this, that, and the other, going and seeking pleasure, seeking pain, seeking everything that he possibly could put his, his hands, his money, his opportunity, his fame, his wealth. He said, this is it. This, this is what I've learned after all this. Fear God and keep his commandments. Revere God and keep his commandments. This is the, this is the whole duty of man. This is why we're here. Fear God, keep his commandments. That's simple, right? Let's move on. Isaiah 6, 3. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. You know, we're always wondering, where is God? And he's saying, I'm right here. Open your eyes and see. Open your eyes and see. And he talks about constantly about the challenges is sometimes we have, uh, he tells us to have ears to hear and have, a, have an eye that's seeing, have, have an eye that's looking for God. He's right here. He's as near as the mention of his name, yes? So we can move on. Jeremiah 24, 6 through 7. He says, I will set my eyes on them for good. This is God speaking. And I will bring them back. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not pluck them up. I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I'll be their God, for they shall return to me with their whole heart. Look at what's happening here. Again, this whole heart attitude just keeps coming back through. And what happens when we have that heart towards him, in addition to all that's already been said, he sets, us, he sets his eye on us for good. 
He brings us back. Some of us, have, uh, you know, talking about wandering, or some of, some of us have lost traction. Maybe some of us, the old term was backslid. Maybe some of us are in a place where we didn't really mean to end up being. He says, guess what? I'm going to bring you back. Just, just get your heart right with me, and I'll bring you back. And then he didn't just say that. He said, I'll build you up. He said, I'll build you back up. And he says he's not going to tear you down. God does not want to tear you down. When you feel that he is, learn that that's God's discipline. And it's because he loves you. But he says, I'll plant. I'll plant. We've been talking about having a heart for the house and being planted and being rooted. He said, I'll plant you. I don't buy you, but I'd love to be planted by God. I have a feeling he can break through that soil pretty deep and get us lodged where we need to be. And he says, I'll give them a heart to know. So, and let me finish that. I'll give them a heart to know that I'm the Lord. I'll give them a heart to know that I'm the Lord. Let's stop there for just a moment. Gosh, so many of us can have this challenge in life where we are not even sure that one, either God exists or two, that he even cares. And we've got to realize that the ability to know those things and experience it doesn't come from us. We can't even do that on ourselves, on our own, by ourselves. We've got to refer to something outside of us, namely God, to give us that ability. He said he'll give you the heart to know. But it only comes from when we can get our heart right and we, when we have a broken heart before God, God is in the business of mending broken hearts and making them whole, right? Amen? Amen. So Daniel, we'll go ahead and move on. That was Jeremiah 24, 6 through 7. Now we'll go on to Daniel 6, 3. Everybody okay? All right? All right, good deal. Dan and it is 8, 14. Daniel 6, 3. Then this Daniel became distinguished. Oh my gosh, y'all are going to love this. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and in satraps. It's just another rule, or another word for officials. Because an excellent spirit was in him. I'm going to stop there before we get to the whole word. He got elevated because of an excellent spirit. Chew on that for a second. Many of you who are looking for that promotion, who are looking for that opportunity, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not speaking to anything in particular. I'm speaking to myself, maybe. If you're looking for that in life, if you're looking for those opportunities and asking, why God, them and not me? First of all, you should rejoice with those who are rejoicing. But aside from that, and back to this, check your spirit. Check your spirit. If you haven't received that promotion, those opportunities that you, that you feel that you, you should be able to accomplish or those, those goals that you should be able to reach, check your spirit. Daniel became distinguished above all the others because of his excellent spirit. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. I think I mentioned it Sunday where Peter tells us to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and he'll exalt us. If he exalts you, it's his job. It's his job to keep you in place. King of the mountain, playing king of the mountain by yourself is not fun because everybody's trying to knock you down, knock you off. Yeah, but if God plants you there, you're solid. Amen? 
Okay, so we'll move on. That was Daniel 6, 3. We'll move on to Matthew 6, 21 through 22. For where your treasure is, I said we come back to it. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Your whole body will be full of light if your eye is healthy. I can't tell you how many counseling situations I've, I've had to be on the hearing end of. And it was because of an unhealthy body that started out with an eye problem, a spiritual eye problem. Does that make sense? Do I need to get specific? Y'all okay with this? Everybody picking up what I'm putting down? If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. If we can keep these eyes, what we take in through this eye gate, if we can keep that healthy, it'll keep our, it'll keep our body healthy. It'll keep us full of light. Luke goes on. That was Matthew 6, 21 through 22. Luke, Luke eleven thirty six kind of uh, adds a little bit more to a similar passage. He says, if then your whole body, your whole body is full of light, having no, uh, no part dark, it will be holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, bright, as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. You know what that means? That means when you can accomplish this, you are doing what scriptures challenge us to do and let your light so shine before men. You know, we enjoy and we take it for granted the lights that we have on us right now. And, and, and if something, uh, you know, happens to that, uh, we tend to, you know, wonder, okay, did we pay the bill, right? And sometimes spiritually, we're not paying this bill, if that makes sense. We've got to keep our eyes healthy. Our eyes will either lighten or darken us. That's what scripture tells us. And if our whole body is full of light, we get to let our light shine before men. Other people are touched. We wonder about how to witness and how to evangelize. And that's a starting point is let your life be the best apologetic you can offer. Let your life offer something powerful that whenever you get the opportunity to share the gospel, that your life has already shared it beforehand. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we'll keep going on. Um, Matthew 21, 9 through 10. Matthew 21, 9 through 10. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting praise. They were shouting Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole, everybody say whole. The whole city was stirred up saying, who is this? There's something about when God's people comes together. And I'm not talking about within our normal four walls. That, that kind of goes without saying we should be doing that anyways. But there's something about when God comes to get, God's people come together on the outside of our church four walls to bring praise and glory to God that it stirs up the environment around us. Yes? And, and I would challenge you to do that. I'm really excited. We'll be, uh, we've got a couple of people that are experimenting with uh, a small group that's, that's outreach-based, uh, and they're going to be evangelizing uh, this Saturday. I don't see if you're here. Raise your hand. I don't see you, but I know I talked to you earlier today. If you'd like to know some information about that and you'd like to let your light shine before men, you can connect with me on that, and I can uh, get you connected to that group. But it's such a powerful thing when we can stir up whole cities and whole nations for God. Amen. By the way, you have a Facebook, you have a Twitter, if you do, you have an Instagram, use that. Tools are tools. It's how we use them. It's how we use them that matters, right? 
I can take a hammer and I can, you know, add some more to this wall or I can take it away or I can just beat the crud out of it, right? And probably hurt my hand in the process. A hammer can be used for destruction. It can be used for construction. We, we get to decide those things. Let's stir up our cities. Let's stir up our circles of influence by praising the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole. Everybody say whole. Will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. And then the end will come. The promise is this. The gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world, which, by the way, we're getting close. Because of social media, because of internet, because of uh, missionaries uh, really taking it to the next level, we're getting close. It's hitting the most remotest parts of the world, and the promise is the end comes. There are, of, of course, a lot of other factors, but this is one of them, and they all converge. So preach, I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm just, even so, Lord, come quickly. Now listen, I, I'm, not, I'm not, I don't, baby, I don't want to die. I'm not saying that. <laughs> what I'm saying is I'm ready to just, I, in fact, I'd like to skip that step. That'd be great. But I'm going to tell you what, and coming back, to, coming back to Judy Thiessen, oh my gosh, she is in the presence of God right now. I mean, she is, she is right before the throne of God. She's, she now knows him as she's been known. How awesome is that? Man, what a blessing. What a blessing. So we're, we're looking at Matthew, uh, that was Matthew 24, 14. We'll go to Matthew 26, 12 through 13. In pouring this ointment out on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, everybody say whole. Man, I'm, I'm getting fewer holes. <laughs> There's some holes. There's some H-O-L-E's in my W. Never mind. What she has done will also be told in memory of her. Now, there's another passage we may or may not get to, but listen to this. This one act of, of just complete abandonment of, of oneself for Jesus Christ. And we're hearing this two millennia later. We're hearing this 2,000 years later, this one act, this one act of love. He promised, I mean, this is, listen to this. That was promised. We have the, we have the, the, the benefit of hindsight. She was promised that what she did was going to be told all over the world. She wasn't around to see that happen. It's 2,000 years later. Promises being fulfilled. We're talking about it right now. That's powerful. And I don't know about you, but I want to store up some treasure in heaven where moth and rust, where it can't be corrupted. Anybody else with me on that? I want to store up some treasure in heaven. Amen. While we make his name famous down here, let's, let's just agree to make his name famous down here in every way that we can because we're known by him. You ever thought about that? This, the, the, this God, just, just everybody close their eyes for just a second. Yeah, it's weird. Get over it. <laughs> just do this with me. Just track with me for a second. This omnipotent, omniscient, Omni, omni, omni God knows you. He knows you. Billions of people have lived on this planet 
over thousands of years, and he knows you. Not only does he just know you, he knows the number of hairs on your head. He knew every single one of your days before one of them came to be. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He had good works laid out and set aside and and set ahead for you to accomplish. You have a unique physical, spiritual DNA about you. You have a unique design and calling and destiny upon your life. Just whisper it to yourself. He knows me. He knows knows me? He, He knows me. Yeah, I'm going to serve him with my whole heart. That's going to be my challenge. Amen. Everybody, you know, open your eyes. We're going to go ahead and close at this time. Gosh, I have some that I really wanted to get to, every one of them. If you're interested in those, again, I just challenge you. Look at BibleGateway.com. Go to the keyword search. Type in whole, W-H-O-L-E, and see what comes of it. See what comes of it. See what, see what these studies do. You can do this with any word, with any word, love, joy, peace, all those things. If, if you're looking for something in your life, I'll never forget, there was a study I did years ago on anger, and all I did was just pull and categorize the word anger out of Scripture. I did this in student ministry. And, you know, just put it on a little handout for everybody that night. And I'll never forget, uh, we had done that study. It was, it was a good night. But I, I, I didn't realize the impact of what God had done through His Word. It was just Scripture. Until months later, uh, a, man that, a young man that had visited that night of the study, months later, visited again. He came up to me. And I don't, remember, I don't even remember what the, the point of that night was, but I remember he came up to me at the end of the night, opened his billfold. I thought he was going to give me money. I got excited. No, I was playing. Nobody opened up his billfold, and he had a little piece of paper in there, and he started unfolding. I'm like, what's going on? And he opens it, and it was that little one-page handout of verses about anger, and he says, you have no idea how close I was. To, something, to, to, to ending a lot of the hurt in my life. For me, bringing it to an end. I was so angry, angry with God, angry with uh, you know parents, angry with friends, so on and so forth. Everything that I mentioned tonight, I guess the real takeaway is, of course, it's, it is, it's the whole counsel of God. But I just want to share my heart for just a moment as we close out. I'm in love with this book. I'm addicted to this book. I'm addicted to the Word of God and to the God of this Word. There really is no other way to live that's going to fulfill you and make you whole in your life but this book. Wherever you're at with God, wherever you're at with God, no matter how seasoned, or not, no matter how new to this you are or not, we all still need these instructions. We all still need this love letter. We need all of it. 
Amen. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. All the way from the in the beginning God to the last amen of Revelation. We used to have an old song, every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. Does that sound right? Did I just date myself a little? I don't know. But I believe that. And I've seen those that have turned to this book and how their lives changed for the better and how God made them truly whole. And I've seen others who have wandered from this book or who maybe their whole heart wasn't in it. And I've also seen the consequences of that. What I'm trying to explain, what I want to convey, what I hope I'm doing well on is communicating that God does not want to tear you down. He wants to build you up. He doesn't want to pluck you up. He wants to plant you deep in good soil. He wants so much for your life, more than you. Whatever your biggest dream is, it's too small for God. I wish we could all learn that. Whatever your biggest dream is, it's too small for God. I'll say this and then we'll, then we'll pray and we'll close out. I hope I can retell this story correctly. There was a, a woman that had came up to a minister and had, and had asked the question to the, to the pastor. She said, um, is, it, is it okay for to take, to take my, my, my little request and my big request? Or, you know, do I just do the big request to God? How, how does that work? He looked at her, just wise old minister and just kind of chuckled and he said oh sister every one of your requests are little to God everyone if we think that they're big to him then he's not a big enough God we haven't allowed him to be big enough in our lives amen we haven't allowed him to be big enough we we haven't given him his whole opportunity we haven't given him our whole hearts Yes, we did a little topical study. We had a little bit of fun. We, we got some, some, some little nuggets of truth. But what I want you to take away is we've got a God who goes through the whole earth looking for those who are pure in heart towards Him because He wants to do some mighty things for you. But it takes having a whole Thank you for joining us for today's episode of GC Live, a live recording experience of Grilled Christian Podcast. You can connect with us by going to our website, www.grilledchristian.com. From there, you can like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, watch our YouTube channel, read our blog, and listen to all our audio podcasts. We believe in engaging our culture through conversation towards Christ. 